Hello and welcome to the All In My Head podcast. We're glad you decided to give this podcast a listen. We're a group of teens that are making a podcast for youth by youth. We will counter stereotypes around mental health in the teen, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus community and talk about things you might find a little uncomfortable. It's, it's real teens, real talk. Welcome to this episode of All In My Head podcast. My name is Rianne and I'm a junior at Franklin High School in Portland, Oregon. In today's episode, we'll be focusing on online school and how it was affected teens. Like many other students around the world, we have been forced to get our education online. For some, this has caused stress and an increase in mental illness. For other, online school has been offered freedom to do other activities and make their own schedules. During this episode, you'll be hearing teens' voices for their feelings about how this year of online school has been affecting their lives for better or worse. We will also be interviewing a high school teacher to hear what their struggles and triumphs have been. Everyone's experience is different, but I know for me, online school has been tough because of this larger workload and I feel like I will perform better in person. I also miss my friends and lost my job in the cafeteria. Again, this is just my thoughts, so let's hear what other students have to say. Hi there, this is Nicole, the adult advisor for the podcast. I am just popping in before you hear the student voices. Just to give a little bit of context, uh, the students recorded themselves at home and just answered the questions that we had given them. And so you'll be hearing my voice asking the question and then they will have their answers. So enjoy. What is the most challenging thing about online school? Finding the motivation to do any of my schoolwork while at home is challenging because it feels like there's so many more pressing issues than calculus right now. I think probably one thing that a lot of people can relate to with me is focusing on work. Everything feels so optional with online school. I am never really caught up with all of my classes at once. I feel like there's always something new to do. And it's just, it's just a learning process. I say it's a learning process, but I've been in this for like a year or so now but it's not fun. The most challenging thing about online school for me is lack of motivation. It's so difficult to make myself get out of bed in the mornings, just to go to class, to do the work, because it all seems so fabricated and fake and two-dimensional. There's just no physicality to it. It's all fake. It's all online. (laughs) Do you have a job right now? How has it affected you in combination with the pandemic? Um, I do currently have a job. I would say it hasn't affected me much because I am thankfully able to have like a manager that works with my schedule, you know, so I'm just so thankful for that. But it has affected me in the sense where some of my assignments are like due on that day. And most of them, surprisingly, are usually like hella long. I do have a part-time job at Wingstop that has been going since the beginning of the pandemic. For me, it's a chance to make small talk with people and get away from a hectic or emotionally draining home life. It has definitely been an additional concern in regards to health and COVID-19 exposure, but it's worth the risk for me. How has your mental health been affected by online school? I would say my mental health has also been affected in a way that I constantly have to be on screen which I don't like that because even when you want to like take a break from like 
let's say social media for example you still your screen time is not gonna go down because you still have to be in school you still have to you know so just like constantly being on for on my laptop or on my phone to just to do like assignments is just annoying for me i haven't made any new friends this year and i honestly don't know how you can make friends during online school a lot of my relationships have weakened due to the pandemic and only a few have stayed strong I'm really hoping that returning to school is done right so that there aren't any COVID outbreaks and that we can all be safe while getting the education that we all desperately need. Hi, y'all. It's Nicole again. You just heard from some teens talking about how online school has been for them over this last year. Now we're going to switch gears. Up next is Lane interviewing Don Gilbertson, a local high school teacher, and how teachers have been coping with online school, hybrid, and re-entering the classroom. So have a listen. So welcome to the podcast. Um, could you give us maybe just a brief introduction, your name, your profession, um, pronouns, some of your identities, and anything else you find important? All right. Uh, Don Gilbertson, uh, chemist high school teacher. I teach biology, physical science. She and her are fine for pronouns. Is that about <laughs> wraps it up. <laughs> you mentioned earlier you had a couple of pets. Um, who are they and what are their names? Uh, we have quite a herd. Um, we have three cats. We have May, we have Fezzik, and Luna. And we have um, our dog, Ben, who we just adopted from Texas. So we've had him almost two months now. Oh, how sweet. So he's a, a Texas rescue. And then we have our turtle and a bunch of fish. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, you mentioned you were a teacher. What made you want to become a teacher? Um, I've always kind of been interested in it, but definitely wasn't sure my direction or how it was going to go. Um, after I graduated from college with my bachelor's in biology, um, I ended up um, having my daughter. And at first I had always thought, well, maybe I'm just going to go to vet school or I was going to be a professor. And then after having my girl, I kind of derailed a little bit and just really wanted to focus first on being mom. And um, my husband was in the military, so definitely wanted to make sure we had one parent around at all times. So started working for the state of Idaho, actually, in payroll and then would do training for different payroll applications. So I would help program for something and then take that application and help train and teach. So that kind of brought me back to that education side and then would volunteer with the Fish and Game for their bad exhibit and um, work over weekends and just educating the public about bats and how cool of the little creatures they are. And then after 9-11 happened, caused a pretty big shift in my family so my husband ended up losing his job in Boise and we had to move and so we went to a real small town in Oregon and I was pretty much lost I didn't know what I was going to do and ended up my one of my first jobs was working as a para in a high school and that just kind of started me from there, like, oh, that's why I really like education and definitely really liked working with teenagers. And since that time, I've worked preschool through high school, but definitely settled that the 
big kids were <laughs> much easier to handle and less exhausting. So, and then got my master's actually when my husband was recalled again. So, both of his recalls caused shifts in my career, but for the better. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the hardest and most rewarding part of being a teacher, would you say? You know, I think for me, um, even with our shift in how we've been teaching for the last year, what's best for my kids? You know, how do I um, make sure that I'm doing what's best for my, my students? I think that's probably one of the hardest part is to always try to keep them in mind first because it's easy as a teacher to get lost in your subject, your content, and what you do because we teach something that we love. But it's always, you know, how are my, my humans doing? How are my kiddos? What am I what am I doing that, you know, can I help them? And, you know, especially with all the transitions we've had, how do I try to always keep them in mind and put them at ease? Yeah, you mentioned a lot of those shifts to online learning. Um, how has that ch- changed your teaching style? And what are the, some of the ways you found to adapt to that that makes it the best experience for you and all your students? I think when we first closed down, so when everything shut down last year, um, March 13th, you know, it was really just survival mode and just um, feeling like it was really surreal and wasn't sure how it was going to work. Um, Kids were definitely, you know, just all over the place. I was all over the place. Um, So I think it was really just that shift in having to kind of step back and breathe and then um, really use my students as my guide. I would post um, check-in surveys every other week when we were first in the pandemic and doing school. How are you doing? What is working for you? Um, How did this week, as far as the work that I posted go, and then I was able to kind of start working with them and figuring out, you know, they kind of were, took the lead and let me know as, you know, sophomores and even freshmen are pretty honest in their feedback. And so that really helped guide where I was at. And, you know, this year when I'm starting remote, at least I felt like I had a better handle on it. Um, Plan closely with um, certain teachers. So we rely on each other and share that workload. And that has helped. And then still just relying on my kids, you know, what, how are you guys doing? You know, what do you need this week and where are you at? So, yeah, I definitely had that feeling of being kind of lost in the first couple of weeks of um, school closure. Did you feel supported by your school district during that time? Or did that support level kind of increase as we made our way through the pandemic? I think they tried, um, but because... You know, even as our, you know, the district administration or even our administrators in our school, I mean, they were, some were teachers, you know, a very long time ago. Some were somewhat recent teachers, but none had taught in the situation that all of us teachers and students were being told to teach and learn in. Um, So I think they tried, but um, I think it was really hard unless you were really in it to know exactly what we might need. Um, and even then, I, it was hard to know what we were going to need. So I think they did, did try. And as we moved through it, I think they became more responsive of like, oh, that's really what we need. Or, you know, I was a real big advocate for the social emotional health of the kids when we first started. And 
you know, first they told us, no, just, you know, keep going forward, doing school like we do school. It's just online. And, you know, that quickly deteriorated the mental health of a lot of kids. So I had to really learn to just put their mental health in perspective first and then work my teaching around that. So it was definitely interesting. But how was your mental health affected by this? You know, the stress of having to try to figure out a whole new way to teach the curriculum, um, adjusting to this whole new world. I'm definitely really stressed at times, almost, you know, just tears. Um, I think, you know, some of the same ups and downs that the kids had, just like, you know, sometimes say, yeah, okay, I got this, I, I, I'm doing okay. And then other days it was like, I'm really not doing okay with this. And, you know, my personality, at least I'm kind of an introvert. So being a little bit isolated, didn't that part didn't bother me. But I, it was the interaction with my students that I really went through a period of depression. I was very, very sad that I wasn't with my kids. And even some of my coworkers, you know, they're, we have a pretty tight group and work together. So some of it was really hard. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of like social emotional health and relationships between students, I think you said you teach freshmen, yeah? So for the new wave of freshmen coming in, not being able to like interact with many of their other high school students, has that been hard for them? Have you seen difficulties there? Oh yeah, um, I think I teach a group of students too. Um, we take more of the kids that are a little bit at risk of getting lost to failing high school. And so I, we call it Freshman Success Academy. So that's the group of students that I work with. So we've already have some kids that are a little bit more fragile. Um, coming in and being, you know, some of those anxieties and um, academic struggles. And so when we went remote with that group of freshmen, I could definitely see a huge decline and, you know, disengagement with them. Whereas this group of freshmen um, saw a lot of disengagement early, but now that we're making that transition back to in-person, I can see a little bit more of the the normal silly kind of ninth grade, like I don't even know where my classroom is and am I going to get lost in the school? And so those have been a little more normal high school experiences, like where do I go? Where do I find the bathrooms? (laughs) So that's been kind of nice to see that transition for them. And they're excited. They've never been in high schooler before. So they're like, I'm going to be a high schooler for real here. (laughs) Yeah. And so y'all like, just opened up like just yesterday is that correct well they ended up putting a pause for yesterday on us because a week ago yesterday our school board met and decided we're going to fast forward to hybrid so instead of doing two schedule changes so doing only one great one week of small group what had a certain schedule and then hybrid that had another schedule they put a pause on us and so we are actually hybrid next monday for full on a thousand students in our building starting Monday. We've had kids in the building and I've been working in the building and been able to see some of the kids. And so they've been bringing smaller groups in, um, helping them find their classrooms (laughs) and stuff like that. So we didn't get the full on student school experience this week like we thought. So, cause it was just such a huge shift in how we were gonna do school. So hybrid starting Monday. (laughs) Yeah. And so what are some of the safety measures that your school implemented to prevent the spread of COVID-19? And 
Do you feel they're adequate? Do you feel safe and supported by your school district? Yeah, they're trying. You know, I think they're getting a lot of feedback. We're the largest school in our district. And when the school board opened us, they kind of lumped us with one of our high schools that's 200 students and the other high school is only 100. We have about 2,000 students in our school. And they just kind of lumped us into that group. And so it's been one of those, a lot of feedback to the district going, it doesn't work that way in our school. And I mean, we don't even have enough classrooms for all of our teachers. So it was, they were like, oh, where do we put everybody? Because all of us basically have to have our own space in order to help keep the kids safe and keep us safe. Um, Our school did elect to do Um, six periods a day so the kids are transitioning six times a day for each cohort we have two cohorts Um, so the extra cleaning so the teachers are doing extra cleaning kids are doing extra hand washing um, a lot of spacing three lunches in order to keep kids separate and safe so that's been a real interesting task getting that to happen in a short period of time Yeah, I know at least in Portland Public Schools where I go to school, like a lot of the buildings just aren't equipped to handle like effective distancing measures and some of the windows don't open. There's a lot of basement classrooms, that kind of thing where there's little to no ventilation. So I definitely understand that struggle. Yeah, yeah. We have some kids that are going to have classes in the theater. So when they each kind of get their own section of the theater, so it's, you know, going to be real interesting. And I think in our first week or so, we're going to learn a lot. And I'm pretty sure we'll end up with a few adjustments. And I think at least they're open to that since none of us really know how this is going to happen. And even our administration's like, once we start, we may find that we've got to make another adjustment. So just trying to get us all to keep an open mind. So do you feel like school administrators have been responsive to what teachers are asking for in terms of safety measures, changes to curriculum in this time? You know, I think they're trying. Um, Again, since so many of them haven't done what we're doing, um, I think, you know, they'll make a plan and then, you know, they are hearing our feedback and kind of understanding, oh, maybe that won't work. And our administrator, this is his second year of being a principal. So he's had some real, he's had a rough go of, you know, becoming a head principal with all of this. He's definitely been very vocal that I don't want to be the principal saying, oh, you teachers just do this. He's like, there's never a you just do this. He's like, we have to really think about the impact both on teachers and students first. And so he's been really good about that and taking our feedback and and hearing us when, you know, he might have a plan or say something and, and understand why it might need adjusted. So that has been nice. And you had mentioned that you were a strong advocate for the social-emotional health of students towards the beginning of the pandemic. Do you think that um, most of those issues have been resolved as we've moved through this, or are there still students that are struggling? Oh, we still have students struggling. And, you know, that's probably been the part that has weighed on me the most is, you know, especially when you're in Zoom, and it's black boxes, you can't, how do you reach that kid? And, or even the kid that doesn't log in, how do you get to them? How do you get them? Um, And I think that's been the hardest part or with a black box, you don't see the kid. So you don't always know, is someone really struggling? And that's why I tried 
to do those check-ins and get a little bit of that feedback and then I can connect a little more directly with that student if I feel I need to and if it really seems dire then I go ahead and just get a counselor involved right away and that way we can kind of figure out how to work with that student um, and especially if I don't know the family I don't directly want to contact the family until I have that counselor support just in case um, you know there's some really rough repercussions for a student but like you know so many things but I think that's been the biggest is just you know how do you still connect how do you let those students know that you really care when it's just over a screen and they've never met you in person I'm glad that counselors are being very responsive to what you're asking for because at least in my school district it's very difficult to reach them and they're often not able to be super involved in individual students so that's super great do you have any things that you think would be able to improve students mental health that is not currently being done you know i think us shifting to in person has helped we've had some students who have really struggled and we've made real clear at the very beginning that we either based on last year if we had the student before or at the start of the year that we knew a student was really struggling and um, pretty early on we started getting students in the building so we've had a small consistent group of students that we know have some known risk factors or students who were very early on saying i'm not doing well and so we've had them in the building probably since october um, november and so even on my check-ins, I know I still have some students who have been pretty vocal that, you know, they just, they aren't doing well. And they just say once they're back into a more normal routine and at school and seeing us and out of the house, they feel that they're going to be doing a lot better. So I think we'll resolve some, but, you know, I think we're still going to have some effects for a little while. Yeah, that is incredible, like, that you've been able to have a student population in the school since October. I know it's different because Camas is a somewhat, like, smaller school district than Portland Public, but to my knowledge, we have not had any more than maybe 10 students in our school. Has Camas, have they provided things like Wi-Fi hotspots, Chromebooks? Um, are they, is there still, like, food going out to students um, through, like, free lunch programs? How's that working? Um, yeah, we've had the mobile hotspots. Um, that was actually such a cool thing, like putting hotspots on buses and having that happen. Um, they were busing kids into the building pretty early on um, that had connectivity issues, so they'd been working in the school. The lunches, our bus drivers uh, have been delivering lunches for quite a while, um, so that lunch delivery service has been pretty neat. As we've started more in-person, especially at the smaller schools, um, some of those delivery of the meals has stopped, but the free meals are still continuing. So even when we're back in hybrid, it's free lunch for everybody. So they just are able, we're not even going to worry about any of that. Just, you know, get the food if you need, you know, have your lunch and they're not even going to worry about charging anybody for it. So it is still continuing, which is pretty neat. That's really wonderful. Do you have any tips or resources for students that might help them out during this time, um, whether that be related to mental health or just schooling? You know, I think my biggest thing is, you know, reach out to your teachers, you know, find someone who can kind of help um, even advocate for you a little bit. If 
you know, you're feeling like you're really behind, you know, start that conversation. Um, mental health, same thing. You know, if there's somebody that you can reach out to, an adult, a friend, somebody that you can kind of talk through this with. That's why I liked I like doing those check-ins is because a lot of times if it's not like face-to-face or somebody feels like they have to email me, but I'm just a- asking that question in a form that they're already doing, more inclined to answer and open up that conversation. But I would just say really, you know, be your own advocate and reach out to a teacher if you really feel like you're struggling with a, an assignment or anything in school. And then same with mental health, you know, get somebody, reach out, let somebody know you're having a hard time. And that usually gets us moving where we can try to find resources and and help because we don't want anybody struggling. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Uh, No, I guess I'm just, um, be interesting when we go back to in person, I'll send you an email after my first week and let you know how it goes. But I'm beyond excited to actually see my kids in person it's gonna be pretty awesome all right well we were so glad to have you on the podcast i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day all right thank you so much yeah thank you yeah online school can be tough and here are the resources you can see and find how how it could struggle a lot of people in online school so anyways we have a lot of time seeing lots of people voices can be heard and 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 thank you guys for watching this podcast and see you guys later